The Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand Series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Hello and welcome to the Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand. My name is Erica Rivera. I'm hosting today and I am the Paid Advertising Specialist and Social Media Coordinator here at C2P. And we have Dustin Anas with us today and we're going to talk about everything and anything compliance. So Dustin, could you please give us a background on your position here at C2P and what you've done in the past? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually relatively new to C2P, been here for about three months, but I have a background in both marketing and in financial services. Marketing is kind of a varying background, podcasting, traditional media, grassroots marketing, kind of done it all on that front. And then financial services, I was actually a recruiter. So compliance is a little bit new to me, but I've touched a lot of the areas in the compliance department already. That's perfect. That's perfect. So jumping right into it, speaking about being in financial services, the relationship between compliance, financial services, and on my side, marketing, we really, really rely on you to help us convey the message that we want to convey, but also being compliant with the standards that we need to get out to the financial services world. So with that being said, how can financial advisors and I guess the internal folk like us on the marketing team, how can we create a more effective working relationship with the compliance team? Basically having a very open relationship, right? Ask a lot of questions, challenge the compliance department when needed. If you think you're right, try to prove it when, and we're pretty open to it, at least on our compliance and right. Speaking from, from our compliance department, but, but advisors are our customers, right? And we want to provide a very good customer service, right? And the best way to do that is by learning the most we can about our customers. And so the best offices that are the most compliant are the ones that I talk to the most and who, who ask good questions and are interested in the whole process and interested in ways to not seeing these things as a slap on the wrist, but more like, how can we say this in a way that's, that's going to keep us safe? Definitely. And so with that being said, I guess going hand in hand with that, I guess responsiveness is very crucial as well, wouldn't you say? Oh my gosh. Yes. And uh, that's probably true across the board with any kind of compliance activity. But, you know, one thing too, is you probably want to get your stuff out there. It's marketing material. It's usually quick turnaround times, at least on your end. I know, Erica, you guys are turning out stuff pretty quickly. So the faster that we can, the more responsive you are, the faster we can get your stuff out to your customers. Definitely. So the definitely the message to be taken here is there's an open door policy with compliance and then always be responsive to them so we can get that content out the door. That's awesome. So with that being said, then that obviously is a way to streamline compliance. Do you have any other tips on how to streamline your compliance process, maybe for these financial advisors that are working with their own compliance team? Yeah. I mean, one thing that I kind of try to talk to advisors and, and their marketing teams about, usually it's like people in their offices too, right? Is trying to make stuff that all stick around for a while, more evergreen content. Market updates are great and people are interested in that. But I also see a lot of advice from advisors is not trying to time the market and, and, and things like that too. So really trying to listen to your own advice and trying to make some content that you can repurpose down the road. It'll be easier to approve. You don't have to rely on compliance for a quick turnaround on approval or the person that's writing it. And it's also, you might not need to cite as many sources. You know what I mean? You might not have to do a bunch of research for something that might not be that effective. 
That's really great. Thank you so much. So with evergreen content versus content that is topic specific, obviously you say you have a preference for the evergreen content, but when it comes to content that is very specific, what are some common practices or best practices you could say that would make the the message easier to get across or easier to be approved by compliance? Things like citations, stuff like that. You want that attached in like an email or how would you? Yeah. So, so the SEC's kind of guideline is equally prominent sources, right? So we got to be able to, it's got to be equally prominent, easy to find, right? So if somebody's reading the article, they would reasonably have to be able to find this information themselves. So that being said, use really big companies. Use people that, use sources that people have trusted for a long time. Bloomberg or just other really Yahoo Finance, things like that. Something that a lot of the industry people will go to, and those are considered generally trusted sources. And those are good places to start. That's great. So with the ever-growing popularity of AI and things like ChatGPT and Opus and things like that, how would you suggest that our financial advisors and their teams use AI in a good way, but also be compliant at the same time? Yeah. So first of all, I use AI a lot because of the one of the marketing department's tips have given me. So thank you for that, Erica. So I use a lot to help kind of tweak language if I need to. That being said, customer information can't go, can't go in there. And then you also need to fact check AI too, right? Um, AI is not perfect by any means. So if there's any facts or figures that are going to get put in there um, or just language that you might need to substantiate, you just would need to check that yourself. Don't trust that whatever AI is spitting out is going to be the perfect language. That being said, it's going to save a ton of time on your end. And if people haven't gone and listened to Erica and Matt's podcast about AI uses, like do it because it's helped me a lot in my, my work too. That's great. Thank you so much. And thanks for plugging the plug. We're always so excited when people from our team come on the podcast and then when people from other groups come on the podcast, because it's so important to be holistic in our practices, not only in finance, but also holistic in marketing with compliance, just everything working together to make effective content. So knowing that you use AI, I think our financial advisors will get a breath of fresh air and be like, wow, I can use it too. So with that being said that you use AI, what's a very, I guess we could do a lightning round of like do's and don'ts of AI. So you said putting client information is a big no-no. What's another common thing that you've seen that's not compliant, that it's kind of common that you see a lot of people do that we really shouldn't be doing? Text messaging. Text messaging clients without pre-approval, right? Without having it being archived and without the, uh, the FCC has certain rules. It's not even the SEC. The FCC has certain um, marketing communications rules. So things like texting stop to stop type language in there. Not that texting is allowed, um, but, but yeah, just doing it properly. I would say that that's like what kind of the biggest don't right now is don't do text message marketing unless you've talked to compliance about it. Okay, definitely. And text message marketing is so popular right now because it seems like no one really wants to answer the phone anymore. It's all text message. It's all send me an email. So yeah. that being that, that that's so popular right now, that's a very good point. And we're looking at ways to doing it. There's some really good text messaging options out there. And there's really good ways to be compliant with it too, with archiving it and keeping track of it too. So we have some advisors that have gone through the process already. And we have some more offices that are like walking down that path with us. And so it's it's not that we can't do it, but it's like I said, talk to us first. Definitely. So would that also apply for, let's say, that new feature that HubSpot is putting out is instant messaging on your website. Would that be something that would be compliant once it's approved? Or is that something that's just a big no-no? 
that would again be something that we would probably have to just talk to the compliance department to a make sure that it's being archived and and that it's being monitored. But that's just kind of the name of the game with the SEC. Sure. Any kind of any kind of communication needs to just there needs to be a log of it. For sure. And for those who may not know, why is archiving so crucial? So that we can go back and look at it because the SEC is going to come audit everybody at some point and they need to go back and, and A, prove that you did do it because they told you to. And and they're going to want to look at some, what some of those communications are. Some might be spot checks or some might be more directed. Definitely. And so you've, you've mentioned a lot that things just have to be compliant. We just have to review them. I know one thing that you're very passionate about is that the compliance team is not just for you to ask questions and for them to say no. You guys give a lot of good feedback, constructive feedback. And I want I want you to be able to expand on that a little bit more. How do you feel about <laughs> being able to say yes, but, or no, but, and be- Yeah, so traditionally compliance is like a filter, right? It's it's something that material goes through to be an end game. But at least here at C2P, this really comes from the top with Luke and Ryan, but it's a two-way street. Like I said, we, we will understand that most sales teams goals is to sell things the most efficient way possible, right? And we want to make that happen. And a lot of that is through sales and marketing material, through communications. So how can we enable people to be good at it instead of disabling people? How can we break break bad habits? And not in the effort of saying no, but just to kind of keep us safe and to to also kind of make us look good going forward too. Like sometimes there's grammatical errors or typos that people just might miss or something like that. Man, we just want to make sure that people are catching those things. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you for that. So going back a little bit, we mentioned the don'ts of like putting in client information and things like that. So what are compliance green flags? What are some do's that you can do that are just easy compliance, okay things to do on your end? So here's like a really big one that came about like the last 18 months is using client testimonials. So if you're outside of the PCA realm, like you might want to check with your compliance department on how they can be used. But yeah, using customers' words saying, hey, this office did a great job. They listened to my needs and goals and I feel really satisfied with that. And being able to tell people about it, that's a really huge deal. It was a long time since the SEC changed any of their marketing rules. And so this is a really big component. And I would encourage all of our offices to talk to us about how to gather them and log them appropriately. There's some certain like disclosure language that needs to be thrown in there just to make sure that people know, hey, this if this is my brother, like it's disclosed, or if anybody was paid for it, that's that's okay, but we just need to disclose all that information. Definitely. Okay, so that's that's good to know. And then so with that being said, with testimonials, another big thing that I've been seeing with our advisors recently is wanting to up their SEO, which is search engine optimization, and wanting to be able to rank higher on Google. And one great organic way to do that is to clean up your Google My Business profile. So where do we straddle the line with soliciting reviews or saying, hey, please give us five stars? Is that compliant? Is that not compliant? And how can you do that in a way that is compliant? So any solicitation email for that, you would need to run by compliance just because you're probably going to be sending that to more than a handful of people, which those types of communications do. Um, okay, so you're welcome to do that. That being said, you do open the door to complaints, right? And every complaint needs to be logged with the compliance department and needs to and needs to be taken care of in a in document. So that would be my biggest warning to that kind of stuff is you're just opening yourself up to some potential negative things that come across your way that you could have to deal with. Right. 
And so with that being said, negative reviews could also affect your ranking on Google, just for anyone listening, just so you know. So if you are looking for those those great five-star reviews, just know that you're opening the door for those negative reviews as well. And Dustin, as you mentioned, those have to be logged properly. So when someone does get a negative review on, let's say, Google My Business, how would they log it? How would they go about letting compliance know? Is that something compliance would already know about that it would be flagged or do they have to reach out to them? Per our compliance manual, the office should be proactive about it. Should tell us, hey, somebody said they were dissatisfied. Any any notification, like any kind of notice of dissatisfaction, should be logged. Okay, and and there should be an explanation on just providing more clarity. And then, if any further steps need to be taken to address this customer, what those steps are going to be. It's a pretty simple process, but it just needs to be documented. That being said, there might be some, maybe marketing could maybe even help offices try to cherry pick people that we're going to give you good reviews and things like that. Hey, we have a really good relationship. Would you mind putting a Google review up for us? I don't think that that's an unreasonable request. That's great. That's good to hear. I'm sure a lot of ears perked up as you said that. So we're almost about at our time. Dustin, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Is there anything else that you want to add that's compliance related that you want to share that might be very useful to our advisors? If not, that's okay. Work with your marketing teams to, and work with the C2P marketing team to see what is fresh and new because these uh, folks on their marketing team are really ahead of the game. And they're very organized compared to a lot of marketing teams. So use your resources, I guess, would be my last my last words. You heard it here, everybody. UC2P. <laughs> Dustin, again, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. And if, if you're listening to this and have any questions, please reach out to us on c2penterprises.com. We're more than happy to help you. Dustin, thanks again. Thank you. The Rainmaker Multiplier on-demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. At the time of delivery and any subsequent publishing, information was deemed reliable but is subject to change by the time of viewing. The contents of this piece include the opinions and projections of C2P, are subject to change, and are for informational purposes only. The information provided in this presentation is not intended to be individual investment, tax or legal advice.